Welcome to The Lens, hosted by Catalysis, where we get a glimpse inside healthcare organizations that are transforming to a culture of improvement to deliver continually higher value outcomes for patients, staff, and communities. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens for more information about Catalysis. Welcome back to The Lens. I'm your host, Peter Mariahazi. Today, I'm joined by John Toussaint, founder of Catalysis and co-author of Becoming the Change. This new book offers leadership strategies for continuous improvement in healthcare. John, thank you for joining us today. Nice to be with you, Peter. So please tell us a bit about why leaders' behaviors are so fundamental to beginning an improvement culture. Well, we all know that that culture is really related to behaviors and that leaders actually are the ones who decide what that culture is going to be. And, and they do that by modeling uh, the behaviors that are that are expected or that that are the what what uh, the leaders feel are going to change the the organization. And we know that there are specific behaviors that are important from the standpoint of building a continuous improvement culture. And I think that's, that's, the, uh, that's the point here is that if we as leaders are really serious about building that improvement culture, then we're the ones that actually have to make those changes. You know, th- that's tied into a lot of podcasts we've had. So what are, what are those most important behaviors you reference for executives to model, to build that culture, to set the standard and, and show the way? Well, we've defined five, uh, what I would call behavioral traits or behavioral dimensions, but then there are specific observable behaviors behind each one of those. So let's, let's walk through that. The first one is willingness, and that means willingness to uh, change one's own approach or actions. And one of the ways that we would know whether an executive is, is, is actually willing to do that is that we would have specific evidence in their, in their calendars, for example, that they're taking time, uh, not, not in the shower or not driving to work, but actually taking time in their regular work schedules to reflect and I, and I like to ask, you know, two questions. What did I do this week that, that unleashed the creativity of my team? And, and what did I do this week that shut them down? And if we can reflect on those two questions and we have that in our calendar, then that's observable. The second, the second uh, key behavioral trait is, is, uh, is humility. And so we know, and there's a lot of good evidence in the literature that humble leaders actually uh, have better results from an organizational perspective. That's been shown for for many years. Actually, Jim Collins wrote about that way back in 2005. So the question is, what would we observe if we were observing um, leaders leading with humility? And, And one of the things we would observe is that first of all, they go to the place of the work where the, or go to the place where value is created in the work Uh, go to the front line and ask open-ended questions, not, not questions related to, um, you know, uh, that have a, 
have their solution embedded in them, but questions that that help to to uh, people to maybe think differently uh, and also to learn uh, what's what's really going on at the Gimba. Um, the, the the third the third key uh, trait here is curiosity, and and that that's an interesting one. It doesn't necessarily show up in leadership books, but we know if you're going to build a continuous improvement culture, you really have to care about what's going on in your organization, and 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 the way that that we would observe. Uh, that is, are you as actually asking open-ended questions? Are you empathetically listening rather than just waiting to talk? And are you using some kind of method? We, we, we suggest sort of A3 thinking method, which is staying on the left side of the A3, not jumping to conclusions, but uh, going to the Gemba and asking these questions to, to try to deeply understand uh, really the current state of, of any any clinic or uh, department or any place that you're that you're visiting. The uh, fourth one is 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 perseverance, and the way we might observe this is: Are you persevering uh, to the point where you have a coach? Uh, you're getting some feedback from a buddy. Uh, that's what we suggest: is that there's somebody that's observing you. Uh, and then uh, giving you direct feedback about how your behaviors are affecting people. And then the fifth one is self-discipline. And of course, this tends to be where a lot of executives um, have gaps. And so the question is, you know, can I observe anything that way? And, and what I would observe is, is um, do you have leader standard work? Is there anything in your, in your, calendar, which is standard, and actually adding value to patients. So we do, when I was CEO, uh, I, I re reviewed my calendar for the next week. My coach said, just, just ask yourself, is anything you're doing actually going to add value to your patients? And when I looked at my calendar and found that in the whole week, the answer was zero. All my meetings, all the activities that I had planned uh, actually were not going to be value added. So unless you build value-added standard work into your calendar, your calendar is going to get filled with non-value-added activities. So you always have to keep that in mind when you are uh, thinking about this idea of building uh, self-discipline within your, within your day and your week. So with those traits, you know, one of the hardest things for anybody is self-reflection. And so how do how does the team of executives hold each other accountable and keep an eye on each other to help each other in day to day to continue that development process? One of the most important aspects of this, and this is, I like the word responsible rather than accountable. I hear the word accountable all the time. And to me, that means that, uh, you know, sort of top down, you're not doing what I told you to do. But if we hold each other responsible, that's a different type of, of, of way to get work done. And, and it starts with us agreeing to uh, what are we actually going to, how are we going to treat each other? How, and, and what are those key behaviors that we're going to agree that we all are going to uh, model the way for? And if we've actually established that uh, as a team, then we can call each other out, whether you're the CEO or the finance director or whatever, 
Um, you know, and, and that should be part of the dis discussion at the senior level is please, you know, if I'm not acting the way that we all have agreed to, call me out on it. And I think, you know, the, the, the example that I use is Eric Dixon at, at UMass Memorial. He's a emergency room physician and, a, and the CEO there. And with his team, he basically said, you know, I'm a trauma doctor. So when, when I get in my trauma mode, I'm going to direct people. But when I'm in my CEO mood, mode, that's, that's not the right way to, 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 that's not the right behavior to model. So um, if I get into the trauma doctor mode uh, during meetings or when I'm, you know, actually uh, in a management situation, you need to call me out on that because that's not the right behavior that we expect out of our executive team. And so it's really important and they do. And I've actually seen, seen them do that. Uh, to him. And, it, and it's perfectly fine because, you know, they've created this space that says, you know, if, if I'm acting in this way, you are absolutely uh, not only okay, but I want you to call me out. So it's an expectation. And thank you for that clarification on terminology, because we talk about words matter, right? The difference between accountability and responsibility is very important. So how do the executives learn these behaviors? How do they take it to the next level and start working on them and learn them and, and go from there? Well, this is why, one of the reasons we've written this book, Becoming the Change, is it gives people examples of, of others who have actually gone down this path and, and begun to model the way for their own organization. But frankly, you know, I've worked with executive teams all over the world and many, 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 many of them. And I've really not found any that, that could just do it completely on their own. They really required some level of coaching to understand really, you know, they didn't know what they didn't know. And that was true for me 20 years ago as well. And so unless you commit to some kind of coaching process, whether that's internal or external, uh, I, I think it's really difficult to make these changes because it does take perseverance and it does take, uh, it does take expertise that you don't have necessarily to make some of these changes happen. And so, you know, we're a big believer that, 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 um, that identifying a coach and then identifying also a mentor, which is different than a coach, right? So a mentor is somebody you can cry on their shoulder, uh, whereas a coach is actually going to be um, giving you feedback and helping you down this path of, of, of building these, these important um, behaviors and, and then learning how to model those behaviors in a way that is going to really uh, cascade throughout the organization. And, and that ties to, as you said, the willingness and the humility to accept that and understand that you've got to develop. And so you've mentioned the mentor, the coach, um, the peers and the team providing feedback. How else can they get some feedback? I mean, there, you, you've talked about setting aside time for reflection as well. I think that, that those that are listening to this podcast that are familiar with A3 thinking, we actually have built a process and uh, you can actually download the templates of that uh, from the book, Becoming the Change. 
on how to use a personal A3. So we always think about A3 as problem solving or strategic, but you can also use it as a personal development uh, activity. And so what it is, is really a self-reflection. It's, 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 a, it's a deep self-reflection process. And when we introduce the personal A3, which is really about your own behavior and habits, it, uh, it becomes a you know, living, breathing document for you that you want to revisit every couple months. Uh, and you want to reflect you know, on what I've learned and what is working. What are the experiments that I've run that, uh, and, and, and why am I running those experiments in terms of my own actions and habits and behaviors? And what have I learned? And then, and then let's try some other things, you know, if, I, if I'm not actually making the progress that I want to make. Now, with a personal A3, you do need to have some kind of feedback mechanism. And, you know, some teams like Eric Dixon's team are willing to give him feedback. You know, I've certainly worked with other teams where the executives are not that comfortable with giving the top person feedback or, you know, subordinates giving their bosses feedback. So in that case, which is, I, I would say most, most cases, you need another mechanism. And that can be, uh, for example, an internal uh, PI coach, if you give them that, that power um, to, to, to give you direct feedback. It can be an external uh, uh, coach, like we talked about. It can be a buddy, so someone that you've anointed who's a trusted colleague uh, who can you know, tell you what they saw. Uh, for example, I've seen uh, these, these trusted colleagues, you know, write down the questions that you ask at the Gimba. And then, you know, you can get some reflection from the buddy on the questions you ask. Were they what and how questions or were they who and why questions? Obviously, we're looking for what and how questions. So you have to figure out for yourself, you know, what's the best way to get feedback. And, and then you have to build that into your reflection process and 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 I would suggest the personal A3 is really the most powerful way to sort of hold yourself responsible for the changes that you've already committed that you want to make. Fantastic. Uh, John, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners on this? It's 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 important self-reflection and development. Well, I, I think one of the things we've learned over this many, many years now that we've been students of the, of the uh, organizational excellence slash lean game is that it really starts with behaviors. And most of us grew up with tools and the tools are great and you gotta learn them and you gotta know how to use them. But if we don't have behaviors that are based on a set of principles so again, we have to identify key principles to our management philosophy. We, uh, of course, have been espousing the Shingo principles, uh, all 10 of those as, as a way to get started. But you, know, you have to define the principles of your management philosophy, which then actually helps you to understand what the behaviors are that you're going to need to um, begin to model. And then you can build systems that reinforce those behaviors and then use tools to get results. But if we don't start with the principles and behaviors first, 
we just don't sustain the, 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 the game and we don't build a culture of continuous improvement. It really doesn't become part of the DNA, does it? It's not, doesn't stay with you. Right. John, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening. Please visit createvalue.org to learn about the Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit in June and this book, Becoming the Change. Stay tuned for more episodes designed to help healthcare leaders support their organization on journey to organizational excellence. Thank you for listening. Visit createvalue.org slash the lens to learn more about how catalysis can inspire you to accelerate change in your organization.